Hey, it's Casey Cheshire from EO Boston. It's an honor for my team at Ringmaster to partner with EO Atlanta to produce this great podcast. If you're interested in an experience share around what it takes to launch a podcast, how to be a better host, or a great guest, shoot me an email at casey at ringmaster.com. And now back to the show. Entrepreneurship is hard. So let's fix that and dive into our hero's journeys. This is Taking Flight, an entrepreneur's journey, and I'm Sarah Torville. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of those already in flight. This show is sponsored by EO Atlanta. Hello and good morning, good afternoon to um, our listeners and to our watchers, wherever you are right now. I hope you are having a terrific week and that being an entrepreneur is bringing all its fun and joyful challenges as it does. As we know, um, the challenge of being an entrepreneur is definitely real, but we are at Taking Flight are all about helping to solve those problems and really sharing those experiences. And today is going to be um, a really interesting conversation. Um, this is actually a gentleman I've been keen to have on, on our podcast for a while. Um, he, is, he sits on the board of the Entrepreneurs' Organization and serves as a mentor through several nonprofit organizations. He's also a Forbes contributor on franchising, a best-selling author of non-food franchising, and an amazing statistic, top 1% consultant for franchising. He is the CEO and consultant at Fran Bridge Consulting, John Austinson. Welcome. Zero, thanks for having me on. Excited to jump in here. Yes, I'm really going to um, enjoy learning from you today, John, and, and really learning more about your journey. So um, let's, get, let's get going. Um, so, I mean, I, as many of our listeners and viewers know, I like to really dig in first and kind of glean some insight as to like what your journey has looked like. And so maybe, John, you can share with us, you know, what did you get right when you took your first flight into your entrepreneurial journey? We'll focus on maybe my second flight. My first flight, I didn't get as much right. So, you know, we'll definitely dig in there. But um, no, in my current flight, it, it's been an amazing trajectory the past five years. And one thing that I did right was I niched down. I carved out half the market. You know, when I say the F word franchise, most people think of fast food. Right. Yet there's so many other industries that exist out there that oftentimes aren't top of mind. So I wasn't afraid to be contrarian and kind of go against the grain and carve out half the market is probably the smartest move I made yeah. um, okay. for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. So that, that, let's, let's talk about that a little bit because like, you're right. I mean, we get nervous, don't we, when people say you need to be niche, you need to, you need to define your market and go after it. But sometimes we feel like we're, we're cornering ourselves and maybe kind of missing opportunity. So, but you, I mean, you delved on that a little bit there, but I mean, has that worked for you that, that not being seen as a generalist, but being seen as a specialist has been good? Exactly. You said it well there. It's really specializing. And, you know, if you're interested in this case in an opportunity in other industries, you want someone that spends more of their time in those industries than they do yeah. just trying to be a generalist and trying to please everybody. So, um, you know, I think also whenever you're contrarian, you get noticed out there. Um, I have so many clients that reach out and say, hey, we reach out to you because your focus is non-food franchising. And so um, you've kind of created a catch term too that you know, for better or for worse, a lot of people are using out there in the industry now, uh, but had someone had to be the first mover. And so uh, yeah. I think having the courage to do that has definitely paid off. Yeah. 
Um, no, you're right. I, I love the fact that you're right. People want to talk to a specialist. Um, and sorry, you said it exactly that though. When you do think franchise, you can't help but think Subway and McDonald's, but there's so many other, um, it must be very exciting doing what you're doing because kind of digging into all these kind of little pockets of vertical expertise. Yeah, no, I represent over 600 different franchise brands across a number of different industries, everything from home and property services, think insulation, dumpsters, gutters, you know, kind of that non-sexy type cash flow and businesses to health and wellness. And, you know, whether that be men's testosterone or fitness, um, you know, we we do a little bit in automotive, but then, you know, yeah, I'd say industries like kids, pets, seniors, things that regardless of the economy, people are going to spend money on, you know, these different areas that they care about. And yeah. so it's it's so much fun for me. Probably 90% of my clients will end up purchasing something that was never on their radar. So yeah. love kind of leading them through the journey. Yeah, that's excellent. So what, like, again, back to that, like, what did you get right in your specialization? But what what made you decide to do that? Did you get advice from someone? Like, how did that happen? Just intuition. You know, my humble belief is there are easier ways to make money than food. You know, I, they require less capital, less right. employees in some cases maybe fewer operating hours, and they also carry higher margins, mm-hmm. um, you know, due to not having waste like you do in the food industry. And I will say, we need the food guys. If anyone's yeah. listening to this in the food industry, God bless you. We yeah. support you and we'll continue to. Yeah. For me personally, my background was in industries outside of food. Mm-hmm. And what I found is probably 90, 95% of my clients come to me with an interest outside of food. Right. So again, just, I believe there are easier ways to make money. I just saw an opportunity to position myself in my practice and, you know, kind of half the market rather than the whole market. Yeah. And I bet that was a relief during COVID because I know some people who are in the food industry franchising during COVID, and that was a very, very difficult time for food and the supply chain. Yeah. No, yeah. And depending on the state you're in, there's some fitness that struggled too. And you really saw some weeding out of the stronger franchise systems. And, and that's where we come into play. We try, you know, just like any industry, there are going to be strong players and some that mm-hmm. aren't as strong. We help our clients match up with the strong ones. Yeah, that's great. So what about co-pilots? Has there been a constant person? I mean, you talked about there was a business beforehand and now there's this business. Talk to me a little bit about who's been there alongside you. Yeah, certainly. You know, certainly my wife, Jenny, um, you know, she is on the payroll a little bit to, to justify that, but uh, she's always been very supportive of any crazy ideas that I've had and wanted to test along the way. But, you know, but if I were to point to one other, I'd say it's Alan Young. He's a Atlanta YPO member. Um, mm-hmm. Alan and I were at Shelf Genie together. That was where I got my start in franchising on the franchisor side when I left the corporate world. And um, yeah, I served as president. He served as you know, the CEO and founder. Right. And uh, he and I have invested in several businesses or several franchise businesses ourselves. We've started different things. And uh, he's always been, it, you know, other partners haven't always worked out, but with Alan, it, it has, and we understand each other. And he's been the great source, not only on his franchise wealth of wisdom early on, but also just his support. Now we're still partnered on a few things and I love being able to help, help him out and kind of get back to him. Yeah, that's great. That's really good. I'm glad you had someone along the way who continues to be there. Um, and the Bennett, I mean, without trying to push a plug for YPO or, or EO, but that, you know, people who have been there and experienced it and can, you know, that's the whole real point of the organization, isn't it? That mentorship that you get from the different people. So, um, so what is, has there been anything particular, John, that you, I'm sure there has, because I don't think there ever goes a week, by, a week goes by when there isn't some challenge within a small business, but what is a solution maybe you've developed recently that was a challenge? How did you get past it? What did it look like? 
Yeah, you know, I'd say it's a perpetual challenge in that, um, you know, first off, we have so much demand that we're seeing out there and, you know, that's, but the flip side of that is it poses a challenge in that, you know, my capacity, how much can I do? (laughs) What we all face as entrepreneurs, right? And so I, every month or two, I'm tempted to build out my team in large numbers to kind of satisfy the demand. Um, and you know, at times my forum has encouraged me to go down that path and others, but I've, what I've realized the older I get is what I enjoy doing and what I'm good at, and maybe what I'm not as good at, you know, I can lead large teams. I've done that most of my career. It's not what I love doing. What I love doing is working on the front lines with the client, being very strategic, evaluating new business models, helping guide them. That's what I get excited about rather than managing large teams, which carry HR issues and everything else. So trying to solve for that challenge of capacity is is always top of mind for me. So a couple of things I've done tangibly there, um, you know, I've built out an ecosystem. So I've got multiple funding partners for our clients. I've got multiple franchise attorneys for our clients. I've got a recruiter. I've got a business coach. I've got all these partners that present as part of FranBridge, but they're not on the payroll and I don't have to give them performance reviews and all the beauty of not having it, you know. And so I love it. It allows me to focus on my high payoff activities, what I enjoy doing and still have access to a large team without having a large team. So yeah, Yeah. I've just got about one and a half other employees on my team. Okay. And we do a lot. We'll be highly ranked on the Fortune 5000 when it comes out. Uh, I'm sorry, the Inc. 5000 when it comes out this Hey, Fortune 5000. <laughs> yeah, not the Fortune 5000. Like, how did you do that without a team? I started my career in the Fortune 5000 working for the man, but no, now it's uh, Inc. 5000. And uh, I'm really excited about where we're going to rank this year. Uh, so it's been great growth and been able to yeah. do it just constantly tweaking processes and making yeah. improvements to how we streamline operations to be able to serve more clients. Yeah, that's excellent. Okay. So, so the way that you have solved that challenge is really, yeah, like you say, is putting those consultants in place. There's a lot to be said for that. Um, actually, at Frenzy, we talk about it as like these centers of excellence. You know, like, you know, it doesn't always, I mean, it's slightly different at our, my agency because we still have a person who manages that center of excellence. But you can have people outside of the organization, like trusted partners that really, like when you're growing in particular areas, they come in and, and help support it. But yours is even, yeah, it's not even that so much. It's more like just people around you, part of the ecosystem that you can be recommending your clients too, which sounds smart. No one yeah. wants to do HR reviews. And just like anything, it comes down to having the right partners. And so, yeah. you know, you don't always get it right first time around, but feel very blessed that the last couple of years, we just have an A plus team supporting us and supporting our clients. Yeah, which is absolutely excellent. So people can come to you and feel like they're getting a full breadth of service because of that, that those yeah. partners. Which is- One stop shop. Absolutely. Yeah, I really like that. So um, is there, tell me like, um, I mean, I'm constantly, I find as I get older, I'm constantly reading more. Um, and I'm loving, I love time in the car. I drove down to Florida to see my daughter at University of Florida the other day and got through two amazing business books. Uh, what about you? Is it, how do you handle that, like, knowledge, um, you know, the time to really kind of gain and learn and saturate much knowledge? Is there a book you're reading and how do you go about finding the time to do all this stuff? No, I consume a lot of content just like you. And oftentimes it is when I'm driving or it's when I'm exercising or sitting in yeah. the sauna, you know, just those downtimes where you're as entrepreneurs, we're always multitasking, right? So, yeah. um, you know, a, a couple of books recently, and I, I always point to the compound effect by Darren Hardy. That's probably my all time favorite. Yeah. Um, but two that I've read in this past year that I 
also brought my wife along on the journey on. Um, one is Buy Back Your Time by Dan Martell. Outstanding book and side idea. Again, kind of like I've done a outsourcing different pieces of the business, pieces of your life, yeah. recognizing what your time is worth. And the other book would be uh, Die With Zero by Bill Perkins. Mm. Not literally Die With Zero, but the idea of your health is only going to be at certain levels for so long. Your kids are only going to be at certain ages for so long. Yeah. Um, you work so hard. Why don't you enjoy it more along the way? And um, for me, that was very helpful. It just got me thinking probably more than most books of late um, in a very healthy way. I love that. Thank you for sharing those. I've written them down. Those are ones I want to check out too. Um, yeah, interesting. Okay, The Compound Effect by Aaron Hart. I've not heard of that one. So By Darren Hardy. Mm -hmm. Is that anything related to franchising or is that just business in general? Business in general. It's all about the small deposits you make on a daily basis and how they add up over time. It's not rocket science. But the way he positions things are very helpful reminders. Right. I like that. So what excites you about the future? Like, like not just business-wise, but just, I mean, you know, in general, obviously it's about, this is all, all, all this, this podcast is about your business. But I want to know, like, what is, where do you see it heading and where do you see yourself heading with it? Yeah. You know, what gets me excited, what is most rewarding for me within the business would be seeing my clients' successes when they come back and buy additional locations or additional yeah. companies, which we just see all the time. Um, that gets me excited. For me personally, I'm along the journey with my clients. I own multiple franchises myself and uh, really excited, you know, everything from property services to, um, to what I would call health and wellness kind of geared toward the senior space, a couple mm -hmm. in the property services arena. Um, but, you know, I've got them at different stages of maturity and just really excited about some of the things that we're seeing there and where those are going. So I love being along the journey with my clients, not just dictating, but also living it with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Okay. Um, thank you for sharing that. So um, I'd love to learn more, John, about you. Like before, but I know you mentioned that um, this was your second gig. You don't have to talk about your first gig per se, but where do you think, how do you think you got to this point? Like, you know, what were the pivotal milestones in your journey that, that led you to where you are now? You know, spent many years with Accenture and then with Carter's after grad school, had a great corporate run, but like so many had that itch to do something more entrepreneurial, didn't know what it looked like. And so it was just about seven or eight years ago that I stepped away from the corporate world and had that opportunity with Shelf Genie to, to lead their home office. Mm -hmm. um, from there... I left Shelf Genie, started a marketing agency and a call center. We made the phones ring and we answered them. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look great on paper. We built up a team. It was about a 40 person business. It was my first EO qualifying company. Um, but around my 40th birthday, a few years ago, I saw the writing on the wall that the, um, you know, the model that I thought was there wasn't going to be that profitable for the right. effort that we were putting into it. So I didn't have a big, sexy exit. I chose to actually wind that business down, found homes for our employees. And at the same time, I saw the opportunity, you know, that I have now capitalized on doing on the consulting side. So, right. um, you know, I, I'd say my milestones were leaving the corporate world, uh, having that experience at Shelf Genie, which really made me fall in love with the franchise model. Yeah. Um, it, and then when that spinoff didn't work out, and again, this was a business I'd started on my own yeah. versus a franchise business, which had, makes me appreciate the world of franchising all the more yeah. a business in a box, right? Yeah. Yeah. It must, it must be nice. When, wish someone would give me one at Frenzy. Here you are, Sarah. <laughs> this is how you do it. Like, it's like, that would be so good. So, okay. Um, really great. So, so what, what problem do you think you solve for your clients? Um, you know, like, like let's go beyond like surface level, which is 
helping them obviously to develop a business but can you kind of share with me like I mean we just kind of touched on the fact that in some respects like there is with franchising maybe there is a model per se and so does that does that lend to a really good outcome or like like what is the when you go talk to a prospect like what are you kind of saying to them like is your value prop like how are you gonna what is the big impact for them yeah I'd say there are two different clients that we help and and they have similar but different problems one would be um, they've never been in business ownership. They're a little nervous to get started. Don't have that genius idea. Um, you know, they want that sense of security and the likelihood of success. I mean, the franchises succeed at a much higher level. And so a, I'm literally able to help them change their lives. And I love that. It's so rewarding. On the second piece, um, you know, a lot of our clients are existing business owners. And, uh, you know, a lot of cases they put in the work, they built up their business and now they're ready for additional revenue streams to either complement or diversify from that first one. But they really don't want to start from scratch again because they remember all the headaches that went into it. They would much rather start on third base just to be cliche mm -hmm. and have all the benefits that franchising can offer them. Um, and oftentimes, you know, by having a strong franchisor on the sideline that can support that day-to-day -day manager, it allows them to be a little bit more hands-off. Yeah. Um, I've worked with a number of EOers some are way too entrepreneurial for franchises. <laughs> they want to put their thumbprints all over it. Right. Uh, but we, ha we have found it serve as a fit for different uh, types of entrepreneurs out there. They're looking to expand the, uh, the revenue streams. Okay. That's great. Um, do you, do, I'm just thinking about the market. Like the U.S. obviously is such a, um, there's so much new business, small business here. Um, it just feels like this is obviously, the U.S. is a great market for you. Do you what, what are other countries? And this is a random question. I'm just, I mean, I just feel like you are so well positioned here in the States, me being British, I can look at this market and think, I know small businesses are the back, we all know they are the backbone of our economy. Is there another country you've ever considered? Like if I was ever going to take this franchising model, I would take it to this country because have you ever thought about that? Yeah. You know, there are quite a few franchises that are worldwide. I mean, really most countries have uh, a franchise system. Some are more developed right. than others. I mean, Australia is a really big one um, that comes to mind. I personally focus in the US and Canada exclusively. Um, again, my whole philosophy of niching down, um, yeah. but I am tempted sometimes because I see some neat businesses, you know, yeah. elsewhere that, that I want to jump into. It's just from streamlining things, you know, which yeah. I'm all about the, the whole franchise law and kind of the rules around business ownership. They're definitely more favorable in the US than they are in some other countries. Um, so I've just kind of stayed in my lane, but, um, but to your point, no, I mean, they're, they're franchises and, and great, Britain and you know throughout yeah. the UK, um, and one of the ones I'm invested in, Foot Solutions. Uh, I was over in Ireland back in September with my wife, and uh, we got to spend some time with the gentleman that owns the rights to all of Ireland for Foot Solutions. Right. He has eight locations over there, so it's neat to kind of see how they represent the brand over there versus how we do here. Yeah, is it is it very different? Uh, not very different. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, more similarities than differences. Right. That's great. Okay. Fantastic. Um, so I think I know the answer to this question, but it's, I love asking this question. So if you were to do this all over again, would you? 100% yes. Had a great run in the corporate world, but ever since I left, again, it was about seven and a half years ago, never once looked back and have absolutely loved the journey, the highs and the lows, but I pinch myself literally every day, thanking God that I get to be my own boss and, uh, you know, controlled things on my terms. And, yeah. uh, you know, so it allows me again, to relate to a lot of my clients and help them understand, Hey, yeah. there, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. If you're 
brave enough to take a step forward. Yeah, it is about being brave, isn't it? Definitely. Um, so, John, I know you have um, a beautiful family. I, I know you like to travel uh, with Facebook friends, in case anyone's listening. Um, but, like, what else? What else do you do outside of work? What do you get time to do? Yeah, you know, just finished coaching my oldest son's uh, basketball team. I've coached them seven straight years now. And I told him that was going to be my last dance this year. And now I'm starting over with my youngest son, who's five next oh, year. So love, that. love doing that. I was out hitting golf balls with my sons yesterday. Yeah. Um, and then my daughter's the, the sweetest uh, little eight-year-old you've ever met. So, uh, yeah, we, we spend a lot of family time and uh, you know, just trying to maximize these years that we have. Oh, yeah. Them. Yeah, they are all about maximizing those years. I agree with you. That's great. I love it. And a bit of golf, too, hopefully for you. Yeah. Try to get out there when I can. Now that I've got a son that's uh, playing on the school team and he's yes. into it, it allows, it gives me more often a, a yeah. chances to get out there. So Yeah, I love that. Well, it's um, this has been really uh, fascinating kind of learning about uh, what you do. And um, I'm really impressed. I, I'm really interested in franchising. I, wa I want to learn more. So I'm looking forward to digging more into it. But uh, I do want to ask, I feel like we, we ask ourselves this a lot at, at EO lately, and, and so we should, you know, what, what, what ROI, do you, you know, what value do you think you get from EO? I know you've been a member, I think, for a few years now. Um, can you talk to me about the value you've managed to garner from being involved? You know, six years in, and I'd say it's evolved over time. I'd say early on, I would have cited a lot of different things because I think it, early on, I was benefiting from different aspects of EO, whether it be the programming, the networking. Lately, I, it, it's my forum. And the forum would be common thread all throughout. I've been with, been with them six years, but we're just a really close group. And, yeah. you know, really, we operate across, you know, the, the shared domains of, you know, we care about our families, our fitness. You know, we all have our whoop trackers. We look, we have a leaderboard first thing when we wake up in the morning. Um, but everyone's businesses have done well and we've been able yeah. to help each other along the way. Now we're doing a lot of investing together. Yeah. Um, and so it's just been great living life with other people that you respect. And uh, yeah. uh, that'd definitely be the highest point of ROI for me. So you did you wait a year before you got into a forum? No, I think, I think I was two or three months in. We had a different okay. system back then, but about two or three months in, I got asked to join one and kind of got blindsided and I think it was the perfect fit for me. Yeah. So very thankful. Yeah. No, I love, I love that. They're right. The forum is, it's the intimacy and, the, and what you learn from each other. And it's not just, it can be day to day. You know, you, you don't just have a meeting and that's it for a month. It's like, yeah. I know my forum, like we're constantly messaging each, each other and you need that. It, it, one thing I would mention, just in case anyone's listening, wants to take this advice. We've started getting with other chapters on our retreats. So we were down in Guatemala a couple of weeks ago, and we spent time with the Guatemalan chapter, uh, you know, visiting a few of their businesses and hiking a volcano together and doing stuff like that. And it's probably the fourth or fifth time that we've done that now internationally where we've met with other forums. And we've done a few domestically too, um, or I'm sorry, where we met with other chapters. So just want to put that idea out there. We've gotten a lot of value as yeah. we've evolved our forum uh, through integrating other chapters. Yeah. Is, is Brad in your um, in your forum? He is. Yeah, yeah. So I know he does that, and it's something I'm I'm really wanting to advocate for. Um, I'm fairly new into my forum; it's my second forum, but I I love that idea. I and mean, you know, you're actually going and learning about you know other businesses in other countries, and and then taking that knowledge share between you know between everybody is 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 powerful and connections as well. So. It's a very clever model. I like that. So um, so how can people get hold of you, John, if they want to reach out to you? 
Yeah, you come out to our website, franbridgeconsulting.com, F-R-A-N, bridgeconsulting.com. LinkedIn is the social platform that I'm most active on, so I'd say come follow us there. But but no, if you come out to the website, leave your email address and name, we will um, share some downloadable links for our book, Non-Food Franchising. Uh, Certainly, if you like a physical copy as well, we can arrange that. Yeah. Um, But if you were to go to Amazon and purchase it, do know that 100% of the proceeds go to a great nonprofit that we support. So, um, but yeah, we'd love to help out in any way I can. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Great. Thanks so much, Sarah. Thank you to you very much, John. Thank you to our audience for taking the time to listen or to watch. Our numbers are spiking all the time, which I love. I love the fact that this is a valuable podcast. Please do share it. Um, you know, we, we really want to make sure that we are helping educate other entrepreneurs and also inspiring them to, to really take that leap and go further. So um, thank you again, John. I appreciate it very much. Great. Thanks, Sarah. And so that wraps up another episode. Thank you for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at takingflight.live. For more information about EO Atlanta, visit eoatlanta.org. Special thanks to the following sponsors.